happy, 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 happy Monday to all. Welcome. This is the All City All NFL Podcast. That's your man. Live from Miami, the legendary Brian Baldinger, Baldy. I'm Cuz. Live in uh, South Jersey. So uh, we span the globe. Baldy was in San Fran yesterday. He's uh, in Miami now to cover the Monday night game. How you feeling, buddy? I know you, you had your little, uh, you, you had a nice red eye. How was your yeah, trip? I love I'm not good on the red eyes, Cubs. I, I can't, you know, but the good thing was the red eye took off on time. We got a tailwind. We got here in about four and a half hours. So I didn't suffer too bad. Uh, you know, jumped into the gym, kind of revived myself. So, you know, it's just one of those things you just got to push through. It's like, if you know, it's like an NFL team that's got to play Sunday, Thursday night. You got to get on the road. Like, you just got to adjust the schedule and uh, run on the adrenaline, uh, you know, and just, you know, the, the, run not just the adrenaline, but you got to run on what this league is all about, which is just this finish that yeah. it's, wow. you know, that we're watching. We're seeing some teams just fold like a cheap tent, and then we're seeing some teams rise behind backup quarterbacks and some teams that are just playing their best football right now. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome. Like this, this league is just Every week, there's just new drama. It's why we love doing this show. But you know so, what? Because, you know, the, the drama is real, but it's not manufactured. You know what I mean? No. Like, you, you don't have to go, okay, you don't have to say, okay, Justin Fields, you know, looks like the Bears look like they're the best team in the NFC North. You know, like, you don't have to make that up. You just have to watch the film. You know, and you could see, like, I don't know what Joe Flacco was doing two weeks ago, because, like, I think he was playing golf on one of Jaws's, you know, like golf courses on a nice day in South Jersey. But dang, if he can't, you know, take care of business right now, know how to still throw a football. It, it, it's interesting, right? Because all of a sudden, the pocket guys are thriving. Yeah. Hey, like Stafford has yeah. the Rams. Now, I lost, they lost a tough game. But, you know, it's bad weather, bad conditions. And, you know, he winds up putting up 31 points yesterday on a great Baltimore defense. No doubt. The number one defensive football. And, you know, Matt Stafford has been playing good. He throws the ball on timing. They're protecting him. And that was a great game. I mean, let's face it. You know, it comes down to a punt return in overtime. But, I mean, I thought it was going to be a shootout. And everybody said, oh, you know, the weather's going to be terrible. He's got gusty winds. You're not going to be able to throw. Guys that have an arm, like Stafford, like Flacco, I don't care what weather it's in. They throw the ball through a car wash because, like, it don't get wet. Like, these guys, there's a reason why some of these guys, you know, are still thriving in this business. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. We're a lot. It's going to be a busy week for us. Obviously, we do our uh, shows Monday through Friday. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. All right. And uh, subscribe to our show. We're going to be with you. Look forward to it. You know, every day we cover this stuff. Uh, Tonight, of course, is the doubleheader Monday nighter. Now, their games are at the same time, which I don't get. But it's still interesting. You got Green Bay and the Giants. And in the game that you're at, which is Miami and Tennessee. So, you know, I'm doing the – so I'm down here in Miami, obviously. Miami, Tennessee. Miami will be favored. Um, they lost their middle linebacker, Jerome Baker. They keep losing players. You know, I mean, J- Jalen Phillips, now Jerome Baker. But, uh, they, you know, they've got Tyreek going for 2,000. And let's face it, Baltimore wins their 10-3. and three. Miami's trying to keep pace with them. They'll see each other. Baltimore's got a tough game on Christmas night in San Francisco. So there's a lot out there for the Dolphin fans, for the Dolphins to play for tonight uh, when you start looking ahead to the postseason. 
Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to those games a little bit later on. But first, the big story is panic. All right. Panic in uh, a number of places. No doubt. And let's expand the globe of panic. And let's begin with Kansas City. All right. With the Chiefs. Now, again, I, I don't know that it's, you know, you should panic if you're a Chiefs fan. However, you know, when when the Chiefs become unraveled like they did yesterday, you know, Mahomes was complaining, Andy Reid complaining about that offside call, Kadarius Tony. It, it does land itself like they go, well, wait a second. You know, is the offense, we know how good their defense, but is their offense a kill, their Achilles heel? Yeah, it's a problem. And, you know, we talked to Andy Reid a couple weeks ago before the Philadelphia game. And I said, look, Andy, I've been around you for a long time. You have two cuz. First time I've ever talked about Andy's defense before the offense. And you can, like, I went back and watched it. Look, I mean, Rishi Rice on, on the play that obviously everybody's talking about. And Mahomes is saying, look, I'm tired of talking about the, the officiating when the game is over. I get that, Patrick. But you're, you're relying on a Hail Mary play to win a game against Buffalo. And th the fact is, is that Kadarius did not look to the sideline to see if he was offsides. He lined up offsides. He's past the 49-yard line. I look at Rishi Rice on the other side. He checked with the official to see if he was lined up properly. I mean, it, it's the infinitesimal details, cuz. Like, look, I know the receiving core isn't what it needs to be, clearly. But they, they draw up a play. It's perfectly executed, except for this detail. And the detail, it's, look, you can whine about it. You can say, like, they're against us. And you can say all that stuff. But never leave it in the hands of the officials. Just never leave it. And the fact is, is he did not look to the sidelines. And that's on that's on Kadarius. Like, you, Von Miller is out there. He's looking to the sideline to see if he's lined up properly. It's just there's just certain mechanics that you do in that situation. Oh, the, the other aspect is you can't get into the 20s. Look, I know, I know Buffalo was desperate and – Buffalo's good team, back against the wall, the whole thing. But you're at home. I mean, you got to get into the 20s. I mean, that that's something that was, you know, they, that's a first-half thing for them yeah. in recent history. Well, I mean, so they were the number one offensive football last year, highest-scoring offense in the league. And in one year, with primarily the same players, um, thank God Rishi Rice is even there. But, I mean, almost the same team, they can't – you know, they're having a hard time scoring 20, and they're turning the ball over. It started in their loss to Denver when they turned it over five times. Um, the turnovers are, are crushing them. But it's not just that. The timing with the receivers, where to go with the ball. Um, look, it, it's a terrible loss of Isaiah Pacheco. But, you know, Jeff McKinney came in. He played fine. He had some good Edward runs. Hilaire. Yeah, I mean, like, Hilaire, yeah. I mean, he dropped him in the first round. It's your roster. It's your roster. You know, and you're at home. And, <clears throat> look, it's slipping away from him right now and Denver's right on their heels and Denver's playing better football than the chiefs are playing right now. It's just a fact. And so whatever dominance the chiefs have had in the AFC West for the last seven or eight years under Mahomes and Andy Reid, it's not there right now. You know, it's enhanced said it a couple of times on the broadcast yesterday, but you know, this would be the first time that Mahomes would have to go on the road in the playoffs. The playoffs. When you stop and think about it, it's 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 a fast, it's a great feat, it's an amazing feat that all these years 
he's never played on the road. Never. But let, let's talk about the offense a little bit. And it seems like these teams collapse on Kelsey and they say, beat me everywhere else, but we're going to take away the big guy. They did that. And it's just, you know, there's not a whole lot of rhythm and timing to the offense. Like if Mahomes isn't moving and extending and, you know, trying to get to that play after the original play, like it's, there's just not a lot there right now. And whether it's the drops that continue yesterday, which is a, is a problem. I mean, when you lead the league in drops, uh, that never is a good sign of your wide receiving core. It just isn't. And so whether it's concentration, whether it's, uh, you know, questionable hands, whether it's whatever it is, like that's not a good, it's not a good stat to, to have next to your offense. No, I, and you want to now, I, I found it interesting because it looked like Andy wanted to get Kadarius Tony more involved, right? He like, did. because he's a guy who's got speed. There's something about him. Well, yeah. He's got some playmaking ability, you know, so they line him up in the backfield. They, they, they pitch it to him. They, they got it to him in different ways yesterday, obviously on the throwback from Kelsey, you know, was whether that's exactly the way it was designed. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, all those different things. They're trying to, you know, find playmakers right now, somebody where it doesn't have to be Mahomes all the time, every time to make a big play. Well, here's what they got left. You got, you got to go to New England, which obviously, uh, it, you know, team that struggled. But last week, Bailey Zappi looked better. They still have a good defense, so that's going to be a test in Foxborough. You come back to play the Raiders, then you got to play the Hot Bengals, and then you end with the Chargers, who are, oh, we'll talk about a little bit later. But it's still something. They got time to correct it, but you just wonder, is there a fatal flaw? Do you see anything else? Like, I'd like to see maybe McKinnon – he doesn't look as active as he did last year. Like he was a bigger weapon out of the backfield last year. Well, he missed he a lot of time. He missed a lot of time. So he got back. He got the yeah. touchdown run yesterday, which was classic Jet McKinnon. I mean, just the quickest feet in the tightest space, you know. But I, I do think he'll have a bigger role as this thing goes forward. And really, if Pacheco gets back healthy here soon, um, that's a good one-two combination right there. They like, they like the jet on third downs because it's a great pass protector. And then you get Pacheco going the power running game and some play action off it. Uh, you know, Andy is a tinkerer. So he's never going to stop tinkering until he tries to find, unlock whatever they have left in the personnel that they have. Like, that's not going to stop. That's who Andy Reid is. So I'll ask you, uh, the 1-10 to 10 and panic – is 10. Where are you at with the Chiefs? I'm somewhere around a seven, seven or eight. Uh, they still have Mahomes. Like, he's still a magician. He's still amazing. Um, but, you know, this has been going on now for six weeks where there's just a real clear lack of production. And, you know, I think, look, look, these tough times can change in an instant. We see it all the time. It does some, sometimes doesn't take four games. It just takes one or two games where you just you can correct it. And then you just kind of build upon it. So, I mean, four winnable games, uh, but none of them are gimmies. None of them, you know, the way they're playing right now. So, but it's going to have to, you know, the, 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 the team's confidence has to be 
rebuilt, I believe. And it does start with better execution and better playmaking. So, all right, let's stay in the AFC and let's talk about the Jaguars because the Jaguars lose yesterday. And all of a sudden, you wonder, because that offense was good, but their defense can't stop anybody. Is that Jaguars defense, can it hold up in that oh, suddenly competitive AFC South? Well, not when you don't communicate and you leave David and Joku wide open free. Third and one cuts. I mean, I've seen I've seen blown coverage. I've never yeah. seen a coverage that blown before. Usually, eventually, you know, look, it's third and one. You're selling to stop the run. Okay. But usually somebody recognizes, you know, that there's a breakdown. And then they 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 hustle and use their speed. Not one person recognized, not one player recognized that Njoku was down the field. The only person that saw him was Harrison Bryant, the other tight end. Like, nobody even recognized that he was that wide open. And then the other route, the other touchdown was a crossing route. Nobody picked him up on the cross. So they're breaking down defensively in the worst way. I mean, Trevor Lawrence gutted it out, gave it his best shot. I mean, he was still really good. But the breakdowns on defense right now, if you ask me a panic mode of 10 being the worst, like, they're at a nine. Because that's just communication. And who's like, is it Foyer Aluaquan who's in charge of making sure these calls get out and echoed? But that was that was horrendous yesterday, what we all watched, um, you know, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, I, I and look, they have not been good. I mean, that's one of the issues. I mean, remember, you know, they gave up 34 against Cincinnati, you give up 31 against Flacco and the Browns, 34 against Cincinnati. 21 against the Texans. I mean, you know, like they give up 34 against the Niners when they got drilled uh, last month. So, like, this defense is getting carved up. Where, where, where is, you know, I like their defensive line, but where, where is the biggest uh, problem when it comes to that defense? Back end. Touchdown because of David Bell. I mean, you know, t- like it's he, he motions to a bunch formation, okay, man coverage. But two guys cover one receiver, and nobody covers Bell going right down the field. Flacco saw it like this, and so you know you could have Josh Allen, you could have a good defensive front with guys that can come after quarterback. I mean, Flacco saw it that fast that there was a breakdown. So you know whether it was to Njoku, David Bell. I mean, these are long touchdowns they're giving up because, like those things, like you want to make a team earn your touchdowns. All right, make them earn it. Like, they gave up three touchdowns yesterday where literally, I mean, Flacco saw it so fast. Like, did you really make them earn those touchdowns? Yeah. No, and I and I look at and look, and on offense, I mean, listen, they had firepower, you know, all day long. I mean, they, you know, I mean, that's a team with, even with Kirk Hurt, like, they, they had weapons. But I just don't, I agree with you. With the way that defense is playing, I just don't know who they can beat. On when it comes to the playoffs, I mean, I, you know, you're running, you're going against really good teams, strong offenses, and I don't know if they can hold up. So I, I think your nine is like spot on. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know how many t- games that Trevor Lawrence has thrown three interceptions in, but you knew he was going to be healthy, and you knew he was just going to be gutting it out. Now I can't put any of the interceptions on the ankle right now. He gave it his best shot, but the turnovers. And then the breakdowns on defense, like nobody should feel good right now. They were in contention for a number one seed and a high seed. 
And right now, I mean, with four games to go, look, I mean, the Texans slipped yesterday, the Colts slipped yesterday. So the AFC South looked a little bit more like we thought it might look. But anybody thought that the Jags were just going to run away with this thing uh, preseason. I mean, nobody could look at that team and say, like, they look like a solid bet uh, to get, I mean, if they get to the postseason, that they're going to be effective in the, or do anything in the postseason right now. All right, so here's what they have left. Jags have their host Baltimore next week on the road at Tampa. Then they host Carolina, so you got one light up in there. And then you're on the road at Tennessee. Well, the one thing that is just mysterious, honestly, because everybody keeps asking me, like, what's wrong with Travis Etienne? Like, last year he averaged five yards a carry. Yeah. Like, like, right now, like, he is almost a non-factor. Now, he's not getting the big runs, okay? Is that on him? Is that on the line? Like, I, I need to go in and just do a deeper study. But they're not getting any bang out of the run game right now. No, and, and that, I, I thought that was a strength. I Honestly, I thought going into it, I mean, but you said, and sometimes you wonder with the, some of those home run hitting backs, you know, they get frustrated easy. If, if they don't hit home runs, they, they and you see it, right? Like you see them now try to force it, and you know better than anybody. The minute you you try to hit home runs, ain't happening. Yeah, well, I mean, you you just too much. You do too much stutter stepping and dancing behind the line of scrimmage looking for it. And if you do that in this league, the pursuit and the speed and the playmaking ability of defenses is just too great right now. And, you know, to get – you know, to get 14 carries yesterday and again, you know, his, you know, he had one, one gain, I think like 16 yards, but other than that, like they just corralled him all day long. All right. We'll stay in the AFC and we'll move out to the West coast in Los Angeles and talk about the chargers. So here you go, right? The chargers right now, major, major problems. They've now lost four of their last five. The coach appears to be dead man walking. And that offense, I mean, I, I got to ask you, Baldy, because it's like completely fresh. Now, this is no disrespect to Denver because I thought, again, they're playing great football. Like we said, we'll get more into the Broncos tomorrow. But let's focus on the Chargers right now. What, what, what happened? They talked about they want to really run the ball. They were going to give Eckler uh, some uh, – he was only going to be a part of the whole thing. And – and at times he he had like seven, eight yards, right? I was paying attention to it. And then all of a sudden it just goes to nothing. Like it, that well, team is a conundrum. I mean, I had never seen that this this year. Like if you look at their third downs yesterday, they were 0 for 12. They were 1 for 6 on fourth downs. They were 1 for 18 trying to extend drives. I mean, yes, Eckler had some runs yesterday. You know, he, had, he averaged five yards a carry on 10 runs. But – they, I mean, under, look, Justin Herbert, I don't even know how he, you know, he broke the finger, to be honest with you. I can't even tell. But, the, like, the damage is done. So, I mean, with Justin Herbert in the last six quarters against the Patriots and yesterday against the Broncos, they've scored zero, they, they've scored zero touchdowns. I mean, they can't, they can't score touchdowns, you know. And so, the Broncos, they sacked him, they harassed him, um, you know, they got him down to the ground. They, they blitzed them like they had their way with them. And it was a one-sided affair. Now, I don't know, like Easton Stick, like he's he, yeah, he's a backup. 
it's a league of backup quarterbacks right now. Um, you know, he wasn't terrible by any stretch. Like, he moved the team. They just can't score right now because it's been going on for a long time. You know, it, it's been – it's a huge problem. And here's the other one, right? The other issue is – like, let's forget about, you know, Herbert getting hurt and the whole thing. But what's wrong with Justin Herbert? And what's wrong with their offense? Like, that's – that I don't understand. I mean, and I, it's not just about yesterday, but it, this is going on – you know, four to five weeks to four to five losses, the offense just really sputters. I mean, you know, Keenan Allen doesn't wake up, he doesn't get anything till garbage time. Um, you know, uh, what, what's, what do you see? They got Quentin Johnson. It's not like they, they don't have weapons. I mean, you know. That's yeah, but Quentin Johnson, his hands, like he's got hands like feet. You know, like it's just, uh, you know, I mean, he had, he had some catches yesterday, but he's had a lot of drops. Um, they just – they don't have a blocking tight end. They break down in inopportune times. Yeah, their protection. Um, yeah, the protection was terrible yesterday. Um, I don't know what their attack is. I don't know what their offense is. And when Justin Herbert has been asked to win games at the end in close games, they haven't. He hasn't driven the team. Going back to Week One against Miami, uh, Tennessee, some of these losses, they had had the ball in his hands with a chance to drive down the field. That's how these quarterbacks get measured. They get measured by fourth quarter comebacks and playoff wins. And Justin Herbert doesn't have one right now. And he's got very few fourth quarter comeback wins this season with opportunities to. Now, yesterday wasn't that opportunity. But, you know, I mean, to, to go to New England to win 6 nothing, like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's six quarters of football and no touchdowns on the board. Like, it's, it, it's broken. It just looks broken right now. So uh, let's talk about this because it appears like Staley's going to be out. And that's a job that I think is attractive. Now, you know, because you do have the quarterback. And I, I don't know. And maybe I give him too much credit, but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean and put the lion's share of the blame on Staley and not Herbert and say, you know, if you had, I mean, think about Sean with Sean Payton did for the Broncos, did for Russell Wilson. Imagine what he or someone of his elf would do with Herbert and what All they right. had out there. Well, who is that? Who is that person? Because Joe Lombardi couldn't do it, and Kellen Moore isn't doing it. That's two. Now, you can question if those are innovative, creative minds. Joe Lombardi came from Sean Payton's school. He was there with them yeah. forever in New Orleans. So he brought a taste of that. Why would Joe have a young mind, yeah. I mean, but who? But who is it? Ben Johnson. I mean, who's the guy? Is it Todd Munkin? Like, who's the guy that can unlock? Because honestly, if we all do just went down the field and you just watch Justin Herbert throw football in pregame warmup, you're like, how's anybody going to stop that arm? Like, it's 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 a cannon. But you know, it, it is also about an offense and getting guys open and you know having a plan. And um, I don't well, know. Isn't that, doesn't that fall in Staley's lap? Yeah. I mean, all this stuff eventually falls on the, on the head coach. But, uh, you know, you're one in 18 on third and fourth downs. I haven't seen anybody in this league. As bad as this league is some weeks, I haven't seen anybody that bad. The whole year, in 14 weeks, I haven't seen anybody go one for 18 on third and fourth downs in a game. So what would you – let's make you the GM of the Chargers. We're, obviously, you're going to move on, get a new coach. 
what, you know, like how, how are you roster building? Like what, what, where, where do you start and how do you go to surround? Like what's the plan? Like that, that needs to happen. Like they just, they, I agree with you. They're, it looks like there's no plan week in, week out. Now you have to plan big picture. What, what is this team? What, what are we going to be as a franchise? What are we going to be as an offense? You know, what are we going to be with Herbert? And you, that's something they need to figure out. Well, I mean, look, if you compare it to Sean Payton, I mean, Sean Payton said, okay, we had a broken Russell Wilson from the year before, and he did not get off to a good start. Um, but they did they did really cement the offensive line when they brought in McGlinchey and Ben Powers to go with, you know, Quinn Miners and, you know, Garrett Bowles. They, they had a line. They figured out we're going to run it. Even if it's third and seven, we're going to run it. We're just not going to, like, put the ball in harm's way. Um, we're going to put the defense together. Even if we give up 70 to Miami, we're going to tighten things up week in, week out. We'll find a Jaquan McMillan. You know, we'll find a Fabian Moreau. We'll find players that can play our scheme like they have. Um, we'll play a lot better. Um, we'll, we'll get rid of people that we don't care for, Randy Gregory, whatever. We'll, we'll find guys like Baron Browning, Jared Cooper, guys that we believe in that play the right way. And this is how we're going to attack Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with a mindset that we're going to get a little bit better every day. And so, like, it really does start, you know, during the week and with the right roster and then finding, you know, Jaleel McLaughlin and, and riding Javante Williams and Samaje Pirine and go, we don't have all the weapons that I want, that I need to, to really explode in this league, but we're going to play to our strengths. And I don't know that the Chargers have thought like that yet, cuz like what, let's just take what we have. Cause this is what coaching is. Let's take what we have. Let's accent it and let's play to our strength. Let's figure out what the strengths are. And the Broncos did that during the course of the season. And right now, I think they're playing as well as any team in the AFC West. They are. I, and getting back to the charges, I, you know, let's talk about the quarterback because you're right when it comes to Ross. Now, but Ross was, you know, an aging veteran. He looked like he wasn't in the greatest shape last year. He looks better this year. You got, you know, a whole new direction. You had a really bad coach uh, that Sean Payton comes in, you know, and, and takes over for. With Herbert, it's different. Herbert is, uh, you know, has never reached the plateau that we all thought that he was on that trajectory. So now, to me, it's whoever is the, is the coach of that team is, do I do I want Herbert? Do I want to try to to rehabilitate him? To can I can I am I am I the guy that can unlock this great potential? Because well, like, be, I told you, I would do. I love Herbert, so yeah. I still love his skills. He's been hurt two years in a row. He had the rib cartilage injury early last year that he he, he gutted it out. Broken finger earlier this year in the left hand. Uh, you know, another broken finger or whatever the injury is yesterday. Um, you know, he's, so, you know, he's, he's encouraged some now. So you can say his protection now, but you know, they've spent money on, you know, um, you know, two high picks on the offensive line, high pick free agency at center. Like they've, they've tried to Jamal, Jamal, your Sawyer looked like he was going to be a good fix, you know, at tackle last year, moving to guard. They looked like they were going in the right direction. Um, they got a lot of work to do though. So I'll ask you, cause I'd say yes. Is Herbert your quarterback? Yeah, I mean, look, I would want to work with him for sure. Um, I don't know how many, 
you know, Sean Payton's there are out there that says, okay, we can put the, you know, put this roster together, build it around his strengths and accent those strengths. I think he's got to be more involved in the run game than he is. I think whether it's design runs or more movement type things, the way Dak is moving right now. Yeah. Um, like I, th- I, I need to see more and better movement from him right now. Yeah. I mean, I, it, we look at what Dak, I mean, Dak's playing his best football. Like, you know, I, and we'll get into the Eagles in a moment when it comes to panic, but you know, that's where I I'm with you. Like you got to design the offense around Herbert kind of move to his strengths. He's got to, you got to move him a little bit. I I'm so with you because I, you see what, what it's done. I mean, Dak is wow. I mean, he's playing just really impressive. Like, you know, we knew we could throw it all thing, but he's got this offense down. It, it's, it's, a, it's, Beautiful. I think mean, it gives you hope for Herbert knowing that you have that kind of ability. Well, I don't know that we should compare, you know, many quarterbacks right now to Dak. You know, that's just, it, he's on a different plateau than maybe Brock Purdy is in there, maybe Tua. Um, you know, there's there's just very few. The, the company that Dak is keeping right now is is very small. No, but my point is, is that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't there. It, you know, the lot. Look, I mean, they were talking about the expiration date for Dak. I mean, well, I, I mean, there was a common the denominator here. The common denominator. I mean, I'm not going to take throw shade at Kellen Moore, but you know, Dallas unloading Kellen Moore and letting Mike McCarthy take over the offense, which I thought he should have been doing from the beginning. Yeah. And you look at how Dallas's offense has just improved to the point where they almost look unstoppable. And then you look at what Kellen Moore is doing with the Chargers, and you go, is there a common denominator? You have to ask the question. Yeah, you have to. All right, so your panic level for the Chargers is? Oh, well, I mean, it's it's a 10. Yep. It's a flat-out 10. It's the highest you can get right now. Yep. Yeah, you're breaking glass. All right, uh, now let's move to the NFC. And as we judge panic through the NFC, we have to start in Detroit. Because at one point, the Lions were on pace to get the number one overall seed. They were sitting there at eight and two. You're right, Thanksgiving Day. And then all of a sudden, they lose to Green Bay. Then they come back and win. But then they lose, and again, to Chicago, who played them tough the week before Thanksgiving. They utterly dominated the Lions yesterday. And I, I got to ask you, Baldy, what's wrong with that defense? Dan Campbell said it to that yesterday. Uh, well, you know, you got to go back I mean, to the drawing board there. Like Justin Fields carved them up in the game where they were up 28-16 and they lost the lead. Uh, or 26-14, I think. They were up 12 and with, you know, seven, eight minutes to go in the game and they lost it. Yep. But they couldn't stop Justin Fields a month ago. They couldn't stop him. They act like they've never seen a read option. I mean, Justin Fields is always going to run some level of read option and quarterback keeper. They act like they've never seen it before. Like, it's just mind-boggling to me that you don't have um, accountability for that particular play. And they couldn't keep him boxed in. Like, he's just started off taking off. And, I mean, he's a talented player. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, defensively right now, what they, they're not taking anything away. Like, you, you run basically a reverse – you know, with uh, DJ Moore, a fake reverse, you know, out of a quarterback keeper. Like, you don't have somebody, like, just assignment football, somebody yeah. for DJ Moore? 
Like, I mean, look, it's a good design by Luke Getze. Don't get me wrong. It's a good design. You fake it to Justin and you run it. But, you know, Cole Komet on a deep over route, nobody's picking up Cole Komet. Like, you know, they're just breaking down time and time again in the secondary. And if the pass rush doesn't get home, which it doesn't, especially with a quarterback that's as mobile as Justin Fields, it's a problem. Aiden Hutchinson's a great player, plays the game the right way. But they don't have enough pass rush right now to try and, you know, stop these quarterbacks from doing, whether it's, you know, Jordan Love or Justin Fields right now. It, my level of panic, to answer your question, is high because they keep turning the ball over. And if they keep turning the ball over, their defense isn't good enough to, to stop them when they get short fields. The other thing I worry about with the Lions is outdoor in January. Outdoors in January, they seem like the classic dome team. Goff is the classic dome quarterback, right? I, I am a little concerned that if they, if they have to go to a, a an outdoor rough weather you know situation, how they're built for it. And they have well, two, listen, they have two great running backs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Gibbs is really good. I mean, that's the, the that's the foundation of the football team. Um, like you, like if you watch the Bears over the last month, and they played Detroit twice in that period, the Bears look like the best team in the NFC North to me. Like they, like maybe Green Bay tonight takes care of business in New York, and maybe we're saying the same thing about the Packers. But the Packers and the Bears are clearly playing the best football in that division. Now, Minnesota defensively is a juggernaut. Yeah, they we're going to go there in a minute. Yeah, and, we're going to go. You know, offensively, you know, I mean, obviously, they've got real issues right now. And so, if you look at just who's the most complete team, like, is it Chicago's or Green Bay? It's not Detroit. It just isn't right now. And you don't want to be leaking oil at this time of the year in mid-December. Now, you wonder, like, we, you know, because, listen, I, I thought they were terrific. I, I thought they had enough. We always thought defensively they might be a little thin. But I, I got to tell you, I did not expect that, like, where they just, you know, Jordan Love carved them up. The Saints, Derek Carr, you know. Well, maybe they had, maybe they had at the trade deadline, maybe the Lions should have recognized going, ooh, Montez Sweat is available. Maybe yeah. we should put a real pass rusher opposite Aiden Hutchinson and go, let's go, let's go make sure we win this division. And instead he went to Chicago and he's made a huge difference. In huge. Chicago. It's yeah. unbelievable what he's done for that pass rush. Wow. Yeah, it's just not the pass rush. I mean, the pass rush is real, but I mean, anybody that studied Montez sweat, and I know you've looked at him like this guy plays the game the right way. His oh, yeah. effort is contagious. Oh, yeah. He's he's like, there's not, like I've said to people in Chicago, cause like good luck. They they got him for a second round pick. I said good luck going into this year's draft. I haven't begun to study the pass rushers in this draft, but good luck going to try to find a six six, two hundred seventy five pound, hard playing, talented defensive end in this draft in the second round. You ain't gonna find it. It's not gonna be there. No, no, uh, I'm with you. So here are the Lions. They are uh, they host Denver. Then they're at Minnesota. Then they got to go at Dallas. And then they're home Minnesota. What we thought was going to be a favorable schedule suddenly looks daunting. Very daunting. And look, I mean, on any given Sunday, you know, but still, uh, that's going to be a challenge. That's going to be a challenge. And 
Maybe they still finish with the best record in the NFC North and they represent the North in the playoffs, but they're not. The eye test says it. The um, the fate, the head-to-head in, against Detroit, against Green Bay, says they're not the best team in the NFC North. They've got a month to figure this out. Dan Campbell said that we will figure this out when they have the bye week, and it hasn't been figured out. So your panic level, 1-10, to 10, is? I think they're still a talented team. I think they're still a good offensive team. But I would say right now I'm somewhere around a 7 because yeah. I'm concerned, real concerned. Yeah. All right, let's stay in Minnesota. Let's stay in the uh, AFC and the NFC North and go to Minnesota because, man, we were lauded Joshua Dobbs, man. We were lauded coming in from Arizona, doesn't know the playbook, whole thing, looks great. And then yesterday, and yet another disaster offensively. Now they win the game on a field goal, but Dobbs was horrific yesterday. Uh, Justin Jefferson came back and then got hurt and had to leave where are you at with uh, the Minnesota offense? I mean, we love their defense. And once again, they showed up and won the game for them. But, man, whew, that offense not going to cut it. You're not going to win a lot of games like that. No, and it's been going on. You know, it's been going on. I mean, look, they they brought in Nick Mullins yesterday. Um, they, You know, I don't know if Josh Dobbs, like, he, he tries hard. He was the talk of the town uh, his first two weeks in Minnesota. But he hadn't played anything like that since and so defensively look if it wasn't for brian flores this team would be in the cellar in the nfc north yeah. brian flores is in my mind like i understand you know coach of the year is, is for the head coaches but you know if there's an assistant coach of the year award like i'm i'm taking my hat off to brian flores and you know all day long baldy that defense was horrible last year he yes. listen the you're spot on man that and it's that been going on, and I've been, I've been, wow. you know, early in the year, it was just, it was his blitz zeros, it was his pressure packages, but now whether it's Ivan Pace, Josh Metellus, you know, DJ Wanham, I mean, they're Harrison Smith, like they are, you don't know what they're going to do on any given play. They never yeah. give you just an empty shell. This is we're going to line up and play. They just, they, they are moving at the snap. They keep you confused. They did it to Aiden O'Connell yesterday. They shut down the run of Josh Jacobs. Like, they do everything right now. Like, I don't know that you can just ride the coattails of a good defense into the playoffs right now. But, you know, they've got a, they've got a winning record right now. Winning record, and it's because of their defense. So is there any panic? I mean, obviously, listen, nobody expected to – a lot of us did not expect, I didn't, the Minnesota to come back and make the playoffs again. I thought they would be one of the teams that would be on the out. Um, you know, there's always that playoff turnover, and I thought they would miss it. I'm impressed again. We said it from jump. I've been saying it all season long. We've been talking about Flores and the defense. So, But offensively, can Nick Mullins be the guy? Do you go and say, hey, let me see if Nick Mullins. It's a shame because if Cousins is healthy, they're a team that you'd have to worry about. Yeah, but, you know, this is the backup quarterback league now, and it's not just a backup quarterback. It's the backup to the backup quarterbacks in a lot of towns and a lot of cities right now with playoffs. Like, I don't believe – like, look, Nick Mullins has to prove it to me. It's been a long time since he's played. I mean, Nick Mullins, yeah. you know, Southern Miss kid is San Francisco, right? I mean, he's played in a, a number of spots. And now the spotlight's on him. And I just think he's in a tough spot right now. And teams – 
You know, you're, you're looking at a limited athletic ability, um, which is fine. I mean, we, we, we can watch Joe Flacco carve teams up. Um, we can watch Jake Browning, who's a better athlete than a lot of people. But, um, you know, this is this going to be a challenge for this offense right now. Uh, your panic level on the 10 Vikings. Well, you, it's, it's hard to win games. It's hard to make the playoffs if you're not scoring touchdowns. And they're having a hard time scoring touchdowns right now. My panic level is high. You know, um, I'd say somewhere around a seven, even though they have a good record and they're, they're playing great defensively. I, st I still have a very high panic level for them. All right. Now, finally, let's uh, move to Philadelphia, which has become a city ensconced, suddenly ensconced in panic. The Eagles, I mean, going through that, in that incredible gauntlet, Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo. Then you get carved up by the Niners. And then last night in Dallas, you get carved up. So, you know, a lot of people are asking us, hey, so what's the deal? What's real? Are you are you concerned about the Eagles? Are you panicked? There's a lot of panic. You know, talking to people in Philadelphia, a lot of panic about the birds. Uh, a couple things to, to point out. One, it, they are in the middle of that gauntlet. They catch Dallas in, in a revenge situation, knowing that they got to win. That you know, this was their coming out party on Sunday night football, and they were the Eagles were sloppy with the ball. Three turnovers, right? Hurts loses a fumble. AJ Brown loses a fumble. Devontae loses a fumble. All in plus territory ball. Well, they were driving the ball. The fumbles killed them. But, you know, quite frankly, what do the Eagles do well right now? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you can say, oh, they're, they're in the middle of a gauntlet. It's true. Like, it's a tough schedule. But what do they do well? What, because the offense, the players are saying this. It's not me. The players are saying we're way too predictable. It's not even the other team. But the other team knows exactly what's coming. You put A.J. and DeMonte on the same side of the field, you know all the route combinations. Stephon Gilmore knew exactly what was coming last night. He played a great game for Dallas. Oh, he did. They, they don't look innovative or creative. He, he gets a number mean. of third He's and three. Yeah. They had a number of third and three, third and five, third and six yesterday. They couldn't convert. Um, defensively, they're a mess. They're, they're, I mean, they have been bad, and now they're getting worse. Like, the breakdowns, they don't have anybody that can cover C.D. Lamb. Nobody. So to be in man coverage against CD, it, it's it's almost a waste of time. But you know, Dak did whatever he wanted to do yesterday. The offensive line did what they wanted. They they own the line of scrimmage outside of a couple sacks and a couple pressures. They own the line of scrimmage yesterday against Philly. So what? Where is the strength right now? Because the quarterback clearly isn't playing anywhere near the level he was last year. He's nowhere near as dangerous. He's not putting nearly the amount of pressure. And so you could have 10 wins and you're going to well, be the run game. The run game isn't what it was last year. I, I mean, it starts up front and with him, you know, he's not been able to add, contribute to the run game like he did last year. All those with all those read options. That, well, I mean, that's part of it. Whether it's the scrambles or the design runs, they're not there right now. And I can't tell you one run that they've gotten good at. Like, usually by week 14, okay, what's two or three runs we can go to that we can get this drive started? We can pick up five yards of first down and get to second and five, and now let's, you know, let's let's start attacking one way or the other. Like, I, 
I don't see a run. I don't see a counter. I don't see a power. I don't see an inside zone. I don't see anything that they're leaning on right now where he can say, this is a run that we can run against anybody, against any front, any defense, and we can get, we, we can make some hay. Like, I don't see it right now. All right, but let's give some context here because we didn't see both sides of the ball didn't play well last night and against San Francisco. But they did beat Buffalo in a game where, you know, they fell behind and then they came out and in the second half and didn't punt. Like the offense went up and down the field, including an overtime. And then on that Monday night in Kansas City, they go on the road and maybe they, you know, Kansas City dropped a bunch of passes. I get that. But the Eagles still made plays to win the game. So two really good AFC teams, they did beat right before this little stretch. That's true. I mean, they did kick a 59-yard field goal in the rain in order to get to overtime against Buffalo. Um, they don't, you know, kickers don't always make those to get to overtime. That could have The kicker, you know, look, he, he made the kick. So you can't say, well, what if? But you have to kind of ask that question. They gave up 31 points. They gave up 31 points to Washington twice, cuz. Like, they haven't come close no, to defensively is an issue. I Listen, I'm with you. I, 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 I've said this to you, and I still contend that this style of defense and this defense, really, whether it's Gannon or Desai, was vulnerable to quarterbacks that can, that can get it on, you know, down the field. I mean, go back two years ago when it was Hurts' second year, they make the playoffs against Tampa Bay, but they got like lit up by Herbert, by Mahomes, by good quarterbacks. Last year, they didn't play a ton of good quarterbacks last year. They were very fortunate. Well, I mean, you, you see, I mean, Keely Ringo was out there last night. I mean, they're just they're just throwing bodies out there right now, you know. And so I don't know what Shaq Leonard has left and what kind of contribution he's going to be able to make. They're not getting great play from their defensive tackles. I mean, that was supposed to be a strength. Jordan Davis was invisible last night. You know, Jalen Carter obviously got the, the the fumble return for a touchdown, made a huge play. But you're not seeing some like maybe I'm I'm not suggesting that Jalen Carter's hitting the wall, but you're not seeing some of the plays that we we saw make early in the year right now. But you look, the offense is the story for Philadelphia. Wait, wait, real quick though, just what you're talking about with the front. One of the issues to me too is the what's going on off the edge. You know, you're not getting a ton off the edge. Sweat's got a lot of pressures. But other than him, I mean, I, I think they're all. Hassan, you know, Hassan got a couple last night. You know, yeah. Uh, Redick has had a really good stretch. Hassan is, is terrific. But, you know, like, the, but you, you know, still need you know, another body in there. You do. And you need, you need those plays to turn into turnovers and to stops. And Dak's movement last night got out of some harm's way a couple times. Um, I'm worried about the Eagles offensively because I do think they're, they are predictable. And I do think there is a lack of creativity. And I do think Jalen is a little more concerned about the rush than he needs to be and reading the rush. And when you get that, your eyes aren't down the field. But I don't see, you know, the Cowboys man coverage last time. I'm not... The man beaters they used weren't very good. I don't see 
outside of the ball going to, like it just is not a very creative offense right now. And I don't think they're helping the quarterback out much. Which is odd because they were always a pretty creative offense. I mean, I mean, they, but look, they were, I mean, they moved they the ball last night, but they moved the they, they, you know, three drives where they would help having Goddard back to remember Goddard was out. Yeah. No, and, look, I mean, there, there's time to get this. They, they look, you put the ball on the ground three times on drives where you're moving the ball. I mean, that that's, that's costly right there. You know, they, the one sack that Mike had got against lane, it's, you know, third and 11, you know, you're down there trying to score before the half, maybe make the score, you know, 17 to 10, you know, before the half. And then of course, you know, at 17, three, they, they give up the big play, you know, down the field to Brandon cooks and, you know, blow the game wide open in the final 30 seconds of the first half. The only, the only thing that worries me, you know, when I look at offensively with, with Hertz, he, he doesn't seem to be as comfortable in the pocket. Like he seems a little, a little, I don't say jittery, but he doesn't seem as like that. His pocket presence, his feel seems to tick off. Do you see that too? Yeah, I do. Even in the sack that uh, Micah had yesterday, like he just kind of wilted in the, like the yeah. pocket didn't just, it wasn't just like a, a, a clean, I mean, Lane wasn't in terrible shape on him, but he just kind of like wilted in the pocket. And that's not what we're used to seeing from Jalen. We're used to seeing, um, you know, just a dynamic playmaker. And, you know, he's not going to talk about injuries or how, how he feels, but it's been clear for most of the season that he hasn't looked anything like he did. Now, against Buffalo, he had a, a number of big runs, and he looked a lot like Jalen. I thought that's what we were going to see against the 49ers. 49ers didn't let him leap through the A and the B gaps. That was the way that they designed the rush, and we didn't see much yesterday where he really was able to create when things weren't there. All right. So, I mean, I, I mean, defensively, they still, to me, is a concern, uh, the biggest concern. But here you go. You got at Seattle coming up a week from tonight. And then the schedule gets markedly easier with the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants again. The Eagles can win their last four and still get the number one overall seed. Yeah. So they're still in position to win the, the number one overall seed, which can you know heal a lot of what ails you. Now, the, 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 one, the game that's, that's going to be the big one is Monday night in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they've lost two in a row. That's the game that you got to come back and you got to win. And you're probably going to face it. I don't know if Geno Smith will be ready, but you're probably going to face. Well, Drew Locke uh, played good yesterday. Drew, Drew Locke he played did. great yesterday. Played he really did. well. Yeah. Seattle, I mean, they lost a bunch of players. They lost Devin Witherspoon early in the game. You know, concussion. Uh, I think it wasn't even a concussion. It was, forget what, what the injury was. But, uh, you know, like they're, they're, they're a little broken down. But, I mean, DK Metcalf can be a challenge for any defense. He was for Dallas. He was yesterday to San Francisco. Um, you know, whoever's playing quarterback, that guy's a challenge. Jackson Smith and Jigbo, Tyler Lockett, they've got – they got real weapons. Um, it's do or die for them. So they're going to get their best effort from Pete Carroll and Seattle in that game. So panic level when it comes to the Eagles, 1-10, to 10, where you at? Oh, it's high. It's high. I don't care what the record is because defensively – I don't think they think that they're a good defense and I don't think they have much confidence and offensively, 
you know, they got to fix some things right now. And we'll see if Nick and Brian and Jalen and a group can get these things fixed in the final month. But I would say it's, it's at least a six right now. It's, yes. it's, there's a panic for sure. You lose yeah. two in a row, and I know it's just two in a row, and they still have – they're tied at 10 and three. But it's, it's a question of how you're playing and what your confidence level is. And I don't believe the confidence level in, in the team is high right now. I agree. I agree. All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's preview tonight. So Green Bay, Giants, Packers are looked to stay hot. Uh, Tommy DeVito, Giants played better. How do you kind of see that matchup? Uh, Giants are playing better. They're playing better football. They're going to get a, a good def- uh, a good team, though, in Green Bay. team that's playing great defensively right now. Uh, we've seen it, you know, um, repeatedly starting really on Thanksgiving. And Jordan Love, we'll see if Christian Watson's a good to go. I don't know what the health report is right now. But regardless, Jaden Reed, Dontavious Wicks, uh, you know, Tucker Croft, like they're, they're, uh, they're a bona fide. We'll see, uh, you know, if – um, Showtime Jones is good to go. They're going to get a good Green Bay team tonight. And I don't put anything past the Giants right now because they've got the talent to do some damage, especially if Tommy DeVito looks anything like he has the last two weeks. All right. And then lastly, uh, your game, speaking of Showtime, Dolphins are always Showtime. Well, they are. And, you know, the offense is dynamic. And you got to give Mike McDaniel a ton of credit because nobody thought Tua could be a candidate for the player of the year, which he is. Uh, nobody can stop Tyreek Hill. We'll see Tennessee secondary is very suspect. We'll see if Jeffrey Simmons goes. He's the guy up front for, that makes everything go in Tennessee to pressure, uh, you know, Tua. But if you don't pressure Tua, the way that he's seen the field and the touch that he has on the ball, like they could put up a big number tonight on Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Baldy, I know you're going to run. So enjoy the game tonight. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, to talk about that and Let's all the other stuff happening in the league. Go, 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 go. Go, go, go. 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 Go, go